KMTT, Kimitzion, Tetzay Torah. Today is Wednesday. We have the weekly shiur on the philosophy of the Vilna Gaon and his school by Havav Aliyakim Kramban. Shalom Lachem. Uh, our last session was devoted to an, an examination of the Vilna Gaon's attitude towards ethics. And I'd like to spend another couple of minutes on this, just to sharpen something which we mentioned last time. Uh, I said that the Vilna Gaon was uh, opposed, in the final analysis, to asceticism. And uh, this was somewhat of a uh, turnabout in the history of Jewish ethics of traditional Musar. But at the same time, that he was in favor of self-restraint and what we would call prishut, abstemiousness or abstinence. Uh, what I'd like to sharpen now is what kind of abstinence was the Vilna Gaon talking about? There are two points which the Vilna Gaon uh, speaks about a lot in his writings in this vein of abstinence, of prishut. Uh, I'll refer here to a succinct expression of this idea, which appears in Aderet Eliyahu, the Vilna Gaon's parish on Tanakh. He makes the following comment in relation to the beginning of Sefer Dvarim. Sefer Dvarim, as you know, the first two parshiot really constitute a a, a homiletic Musar sermon given by Moshe Rabbeinu to Am Yisrael. And at the beginning of that drasha of Moshe Rabbeinu, there's a list of place names which ostensibly pinpoint the geographic location at which uh, this speech was made, but which all the commentators wonder about. Why why does the Torah spend so much time on giving the exact details of geography? The Vilna Gaon explains these uh, geographical references as symbolic of various uh, ethical ideals which, are, uh, which were important to him and which he thought were important in general in Judaism and in Torah. Uh, he interprets the Pasuk Be'ever Hayadein, Bamidbar, Ba'arava in the following way. Be'ever Hayadein, Ha'olam Azei Nikra Yardein, Uma Shema Ba'ever Hayadein, uh, so, this side of the divide, the human being is only a temporary sojourner, an over, in, an, an, an over, in this Eva uh, Yardain. And the river Yardain is symbolic of the Nahar Dinur, which surrounds Gan Eden, which divides effectively the upper world from the lower world. And in order to arrive at this, uh, at Gan Eden, the Over, who lived on this side of the Yardin, or of the, of the Nahadi Nur, must cross that perilous uh, river, which is really uncrossable virtually, uh, except at the moment of death. And then he goes into this uh, celestial realm, which is totally different from our world. The Vilnagon goes on to explain Bamidbar, Ba'arava, Bamidbar, 
פירוש שדרך ישר לאיש שאר יביט בתאוות עולם הזה. דהיינו תאוות אכילה. וישים עצמו כמדבר ללמוד תורה. The person, while he is in Eva Haryadein, while he's on this side of the river in Olam Hazeh, he should have nothing to do with Ta'avot of Olam Hazeh, the pleasures, the physical pleasures of this world, particularly food, Ta'avat Achila. Uh, and he should be as a midbar, a dried out midbar, parched, totally uh, devoid of all these physical wants, and devote himself totally to Limud Torah. So here we have one element of abstinence, ta'avot achila, material pleasures such as eating. Ba'arava, shitrachek mechavurat anashim, hamavatin mitamu Torah, fiyeshev bamidbar uva'arava. Bamidbar, hafrasha mitavat achila. Ba'arava, hafrasha mechavurat anashim. The Vilnagon equates two types of abstinence. One is abstinence relating to physical pleasures, and the other is abstinence relating to social contact. Uh, the Vilnagon, of course, as we know, and we have seen many times, in his own lifestyle, was very reclusive, and he actually recommended this as a general guideline for anyone who was interested in serious, serious spiritual uh, improvement. Uh, here he says that Keeping company with people is something which, uh, which will prevent limu Torah. You spend a lot of time talking and social intercourse. You're simply losing time and not dividing, de- devoting yourself to study of Torah. The truth is that he uh, was, a, was uh, in favor of this kind of social abstinence as an independent idea, not only uh, in order to... Uh, give the person more time to learn Torah, because we know this because when he wrote uh, a letter, a letter which I mentioned once to his wife while he was on the way to Eretz Yisrael, his famous Igeret HaMusar, there he cautions her to refrain from social contact to the point where he says that he sh- she, sh- she, shouldn't, she shouldn't go to shul on Shabbat. She should uh, say that filot at home uh, because what we would consider uh, innocent, healthy social contact, the Vilnagon thought was very perilous and fraught with danger, spiritually speaking. There's danger of Lashon Hara and other Avirot. Uh, and this, I think, is something which sets the Vilnagon apart and unique in relation to other Jewish moralists. Uh, when usually when they, they speak about pre-shoot of abstinence, they have in mind physical pleasures. The, the, the Jewish uh, moral tradition uh, frequently has a lot of uh, talk about the danger of overindul- overindul- overindulgence in physical pleasures. Uh, the idea of social abstinence is not played up that much, even though it does appear. But the Vilnagon actually equates these two things and considers them, considers them uh, twin concerns, which a person ought to uh, be wary of. Uh, but this point of social abstinence, as I once intimated, is something which is really unique to the Vilnagon, and even in his own Talmudian uh, really didn't emphasize this point as much as he did. 
But from here, I'd like to proceed from the realm of ethics to talk about the realm of Hashkafat Olam. The Vilnagon's worldview. Uh, and in trying to understand the, the worldview of the Vilnagon, I think uh, one key concept should be kept in mind, and that's the concept of dualism. We just saw a bit of this idea in the Adaret Eliyahu, which I quoted to you from uh, Stephen Zvarim. The Vilnagon spoke about this world being separated from the upper world by the Anahadinur. Uh, when I speak about dualism, I mean this idea that there's a basic rift, a basic divide within reality and within life, which divides all of the, all of the mitziut, the whole cosmos, and all of existence into two realms. One realm, the realm of Ketusha, spirituality, uh, good, musar, tahara. And this as opposed to the other realm, the realm of darkness, of gashmiut, of corporeality, profanity, evil. Olam hazeh. This duality, this dualism, is a pervasive idea in many of the writings of the Dunagon. For example, I'd like to quote to you his Perush the Sefer Yonah. The Lundgon interprets Sefer Yonah in an allegorical way, in a symbolic way. To him, Yonah, the Navi, is symbolic of the Neshama, of the human soul. The human soul is sent to this world with a mission, just like Yonah was sent off on a mission. And the tragedy of a human being is that he betrays his mission. He flees in the same way that Yonah the Navi did. Specifically, what kind of mission? Now, the Vilnagon explains as, as follows. Ha'olam hazeh domel yam. V'olam haba v'gan eden domel yabasha. Right? If we compare the two worlds to dry land and sea, so this world is the sea, the stormy, turbulent ocean fraught with danger. And Olam Haba, that's dry land, that's firm, that's terra firma. Uh, we, we view the Olam Haba as something which is ethereal and spiritual. The Vilnagon here describes it as home something solid, something yabesha, uh, dry land. Now, what's the purpose of the person being sent into Olam Hazeh? This too can be explained on the basis of this parable. Shekol inyan yodei hayam einan yodim lishtakei hasham ela lavi schora yabesha. Right? When a, when a person leaves his home, leaves his dry land and goes off on a journey to the sea, so he's not interested in living in, on the sea. He goes there in order to bring merchandise back home. <laughs> 
So the world, with its all with all of its tsarot and troubles, the world is like this stormy ocean, which has to be braved in order that the person should be able to come back home to Olam Haba, laden with merchandise. In other words, mitzvot and masim tovim. Uh, this parable needs also to be explained in the sense of the ship. Yonah the Navi went off on a ship. What is the ship? V'guf domer asfina. Shariado yordim layam. Ken haneshama idei haguf b'olam hazeh bar l'olam haba. Right, so this sh- the human body is actually the ship in which the soul makes this journey into olam hazeh. And the idea is eventually to uh, take this ship and come back home and then leave the ship. Uh, so this is the ideal, but unfortunately what happens is that the person betrays his mission. And as Yonah Hanavi did, he is Yored, Yored, he goes down to Yafo and he runs away to Tarshish. Yafo and Tarshish, in the eyes of the Vonagon, are also symbolic. They are symbolic of the physical beauty of Olam Hazeh. Yafo, Mineshon Yafe. And uh, the temptation for the soul is to betray its mission and to run away and be led astray by the beauty of Olam Hazeh and uh, occupy himself with the pursuit of physical physical pleasure and forsake for the purpose for which he was sent. Vayered Ba, the Pasuk says, Yonah went down into the ship, המגדר והמתעבר, שאר כוחות הגוף וכל האיברים שבו כולם לתרשיש כנר מלפני השם. All the powers and the capacities of the physical body go to תרשיש, running away from השם, לפני השם, שכולם בורחים מלפניו ואינם רוצים לפניו לעמוד. They don't want to be in the presence of God. This parable is pursued by the Vunagon throughout his Perush on Sefer Yonah. And we see clearly here this uh, dualistic view of existence. This dualism has a further expression in the relationship of the Vunagon to the idea of death, which is something I, I think that we also should take a look at. Uh, let's get back to a moment, for a moment, to the Perush of the Vilnagon on Sefer Dvarim. Uh, I mentioned earlier the, his exegesis of the place names that are found at the beginning of Sefer Dvarim, Bamidbar Barava. Uh, there's another phrase which is found there of uh, ostensible geographic import, Mol Suf, right? Opposite Suf, opposite Yam Suf. But for the Vilnagon, Mol Suf means something else. Adam tamid hamita v'yasim hasof lemulo. 
He should be constantly aware of his end. Mosuf. He should constantly keep this idea of his approaching end, of his approaching demise, of his death. He should keep this before him. Mulo. Opposite him. Uh, and for what purpose? Little Nagon explains, Lishbarat Ha'avot. Because constant mindfulness of the person's ultimate physical demise will uh, make it easier for him to conquer his physical passions. Uh, however, from other comments of the Vilnagon, it appears that the importance of death to him is not only as a means of overcoming passions, but it's something even more intrinsic. For example, in his Perush on Sefer Breshit, where the Torah says, "Vata pen yishlach yado ve'achar me'itzachayim v'chay le'olam," where the fear is expressed that uh, the first man, Adam Arishon, might take of the fruit of the Eitzachayim and live forever. And what's wrong with that? Why don't you want man to live forever? The Vilnagon explains. So the fear that man might partake of the fruit of the tree of life and live forever, this is something which is not in the interest of man. Because for his own good, man is destined to die. Because the best thing for man, eventually, is that his physical being should cease to exist. Tov l'adam, shitakela chomer. Tov ma'od zehamavet. And tov ma'od zehamavet relates not only to the fact that the physical uh, existence of man ceases, but the Vonagon also emphasized the tremendous bliss and the tremendous bracha that man will encounter in Olam Haba. Uh, there's a famous problem which occupied all of the Parshanim and Rishonim. Why doesn't the Torah say anything about Olam Haba? Why do we find so little of this in Aram Akorot? Now, there's, however, there's actually one parak of Tanakh which is completely devoted to singing the praises of the afterlife, of, of death. Uh, however, this chapter of Tanakh doesn't praise death or what uh, death promises in its own right. Because this is Peregimel in Eov. Eov is praising death for a very obvious reason. He's suffering so much in Olam Hazeh that he can't wait to die. And in Perak I just want to read to you some verses from here. Right, he cursed the day that he was born. And he says, That day that I was born, let it be covered and completely enveloped in darkness. So then, uh, Eov is 
cursing the day that he was born, and he's anxiously anticipating the day on which he will die. And he's completely rapturous about the bliss of the grave. The slave is finally free of his master. Why does God give light to people who just work all the time and break their bodies in toil? Why does He give, why does he give life to people of a bitter soul? These people are waiting for death and it eludes them. They'll be so overjoyed simply to find the grave. So then, the grave here is being anticipated as a good thing simply to redeem the sufferers, the miserable of this world from their travail. However, the Vunagon takes this verse, which I just read, They'll be so happy at the prospect of being in the grave because of the tremendous promise of bliss in Olam Haba. And in his Perush Aniyov, he describes the difference between Simcha and Gil, the two types of joy which are mentioned here. Gil is a, a happy and rapturous state which is unchanging. Simcha, according to the Vanagon, however, relates to a, a, a much higher level of Simcha because each moment is a new Simcha. Each moment is a new achievement. So the joy here is the joy which comes not only from being on a particular permanent state of bliss, but it combines with it the ongoing feeling of satisfaction of achievement and constantly going on and on to bigger and better things. As we we might expect, this second aspect of Simcha, according to the Vilna Gaon, has to do with Limud Torah. And the Limud Torah that we will experience in Olam Abba, hopefully, is so blissful and so joyous that this is the ultimate in Simcha. He, he writes as follows, Hagila bo tiyeh so then the Simcha of Olam Haba is equated here with the Simcha of Chidushet Torah, where Chidushet Torah and uh, newer revelations of Shekhinah are identified. When I see a new thing, a new aspect of Torah in Olam Haba, it's equivalent to seeing a new aspect of Gilu Shechina. Inyan Tanug Shal Olam Abba Yen Osaf Bechol Eit Mitvasefet Hasagat Elokuto Itbarach Faomek Toyato Beli Keitz The pleasure of Olam Abba is uh, understanding the divinity and the depth of Torah in an unlimited fashion. Simply every moment there's a new understanding, a new greater insight 
And this itself is the great pleasure of Olam Haba. And in this vein, the Vilna Gaon explains the Pasuk HaSmechim Eligil Yasisu Kiyimtsu Kaver. Now to us, this whole uh, approach to death stri- strikes us, I think, as being very somber and perhaps even morbid. Is this the way that the Vilna Gaon or the Lithuanian Jewry in general experienced religious life? Was it really a somber affair? Was it really uh, something which held out no hope for this world and view this world simply as a hallway, as a, uh, an introduction to Olam Haba, which was anxiously anticipated? Uh, there is a book which I can recommend to you written by uh, a researcher, Alan Nadler, called Faith of the, Myth- of the Mithnagdim, in which he basically takes this stance and he documents uh, very uh, fully and extensively the Mithnagdik um, philosophy as it came down from the Vilna Gaon through several, several of his disciples. And he uh, attempts to show that really the world outlook of the Mitnagdim was quite a somber one, quite a pessimistic one. Uh, I think there's a lot of truth in what he says, but I I don't think it's the full picture. In general, uh, we have to be careful about uh, the way we view through our own eyeglasses the way people felt in centuries gone by. And even though there's a lot of uh, anticipation here of, of death and the kever and the realization that Olam Abba is far, far superior to anything that's there in, that we can have in Olam Azeh, uh, nevertheless, it doesn't rule out the possibility of living a fulfill, fulfilled life. We know that the Vilnagon himself, on the basis of eyewitness testimonies, was a very fulfilled person. And he experienced a tremendous sense of achievement. And in this sense, there's no doubt that he served as an example to his disciples and through them to the other Jews of, uh, of Lita. Uh, I mentioned once the great joy and even celebration that the Vilna Gaon had when he completed his Perush on Shira Shirin. Uh, there are eyewitness accounts of the Vilna Gaon on Simchat Torah, where people say that his joy knew no bounds. Uh, so I think that uh, we should bear in mind that the fact that death is an ongoing uh, presence, experientially and mentally, doesn't necessarily mean that Olam Azeh becomes devoid of significance, and in fact, it could be just the opposite. The fact that Olam Haba is waiting to be the uh, the ultimate payoff of Olam Azeh actually can give a great deal of significance to Olam Azeh. But at the same time, uh, I think I should mention another thing in all frankness, that even though the Vilna Gaon himself appears to have been a very uh, fulfilled and even 
happy person as a rule. Nevertheless, uh, there is a sense of elitism about this idea, as we will presently see. In closing, then, I'd like to quote to you a certain drasha which was given by Rabbi Chaim Velazhin. Rabbi Chaim Velazhin gave a drasha which was reprinted numerous times once during Aseret uh, Yemei in which he makes the following comp- complaint. The Eitzahara blinds many people, and people, as a result of the incitement of the Eitzahara, develop this following worldview. They say, This world is also a world. This world also has to be emphasized. We have to try to make the best of life in this world. Rabbi Chaim says, I hear this sentiment expressed by many people, and it's wrong. Uh, Rabbi Chaim says, true, a big tzaddik can make a, such a statement. He says, I even heard from the Vilna Gaon himself. He said to me, ma'olam chashuv olam haba? What importance is there to olam haba? Sham ein yecholet lavod et Hashem e'ahava, v'asot nachat ruach liotzreinu bor'einu. Ikar olam olam hazeh. The most important world is this one, because in the next world you can't do mitzvot. You can't do the will of God. To the Vilnagon, the reward of Olam Abba was insignificant. His, his great achievement, his great joy, was learning Torah and fulfilling mitzvot. And he knew that once he died, all this would be gone. Reb Chaim said, I heard the Vilnagon with my own ears make this comment. However, Rechaim Vlazhin says, us, meaning you, his audience. When we say that we want to live a fulfilled life in Olam Hazer, we don't mean Torah and Mitzvot, we mean living a fulfilled life in Olam Hazer, the way people normally think of this. And therefore, the idea of fulfillment and satisfaction and true joy in Olam Hazer is something which is reserved for a great tzaddikim like the Vilna Gaon. But for the normal run-of-the-mill person, uh, he has to be thinking mainly about the afterlife. Uh, so then we see here clearly that the Misnagdim, in some way, in some level, really believed that Olam Hazer, in principle, was a place, could be a place of great fulfillment and great joy. But they reserved this concept, this this great bliss, for the great tzaddikim, for the great tamidim chachamim. This kind of elitism is something which the Hasidic movement was much opposed to, and they believed that bliss was not something reserved only for tzaddikim, and simcha, as a basic religious value, was something which really ought to be had by anyone, even by the lowliest person. Uh, so this then is a, one, of the, one of the great uh, elements of controversy between Hasidim and Nagdim. So then to sum up, we've seen the worldview of dualism of the Vilnagon, the opposition of Olam Abba to Olam Hazer, which generates a somber attitude towards Olam Hazer and a, a, a great element of anticipation and joy at the thought of Olam Abba.
and the, uh, the end of Olam Azir in each individual life. Uh, this dualism is something which, I, as I just intimated, is something which was opposed by the Hasidic movement, and we'll see in the future how this uh, controversy between Hasidim and Mignardim played itself out uh, further. <laughs>